Welcome to the Faith Life Fellowship Podcast with Dr. Scott Forrest. In today's message, Dr. Forrest presents his teaching, Breakthrough Has a Sound. The title of my message this morning is Breakthrough Has a Sound. Breakthrough Has a Sound. And it's very much related to a message I preached last August on declarations and decrees. I encourage you to go back to the podcast and listen to it. It's a little bit more explanation on some things, but then today we're going to go some areas that we didn't go last August. So I encourage you to listen to that and then When you have access to this podcast, listen to it too. Amen. In this message, I'm going to try to connect the concept of breakthrough with the sound that precedes it. Breakthrough always has a sound that precedes it. And that sound is the sound of declarations and decrees that come forth out of our mouths. That can bring breakthrough that we need in every area of our lives. Realizing that with our mouths, with our voices, we release powerful words into the spirit realm that will ultimately change things in the natural realm. And that changing of natural circumstances through influencing things in the spirit realm, we call that breakthrough. Amen. Hallelujah. So before we get too much further into this message, I want to acknowledge that the inspiration for this message I came from the promptings of the Holy Spirit over the last couple of two weeks, but also from the teachings of my college best buddy, Pastor Marie Cartinson, and from Pastor Jane Hammond. I want to give credit where credit is due. I had already decided to teach on this, but their input into my life convinced me that now was the time to preach on the sound of breakthrough. Amen. Amen. So to begin with, we've already seen a demonstration here this morning. Praise and worship is a sound that can produce breakthrough in the spirit realm. We saw it happen this morning. Amen. Let me show you that in the Word. I referenced it back in praise and worship. Psalm 149, verse 5 through 9. It says, Let the saints be joyful in glory. Let them sing aloud on their beds. Let the high praises of God be in their mouth and a two-edged sword in their hand to execute vengeance on the nations and punishments on the people, to bind their kings with chains and their nobles with fetters of iron, to execute on them the written judgment. This honor have all his saints. Praise the Lord. It's an honor to take vengeance to the enemies of God. In the spirit realm. Amen. So this passage here in the psalm, Psalm 149, it's a prophetic statement made by the writer, which actually refers to spiritual warfare that can be launched against the forces of darkness that are arrayed against our lives. And it all starts when you make the decision to start praising him, to start worshiping him, regardless of how you feel. Instead of lying awake at night, obsessing over what the devil's telling you he's going to do to you and your family. This passage makes it clear that you can bind up the enemy with your praise alone. 
declarations and decrees come forth in the form of songs. Amen. And they bring judgment, justice, and breakthrough to whatever it is you're facing. Amen. And as I said, we saw it in action this morning, and it was awesome. Prayer is a sound that can produce breakthrough in the spiritual realm. And it brings tremendous power to bear against whatever situation you may be facing or whatever situation someone else may be facing that you are praying for. Amen. Let me show you that in the Word. James 5.16, New King James. James says, Confess your trespasses to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. The effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. The Amplified says the effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man makes tremendous power available. Amen. Your words are a sound that can bring breakthrough in your life or in the life of others, provided they agree with the Word of God and or are inspired by the Holy Spirit. They can bring breakthrough in your finances, breakthrough in your health, breakthrough in your relationships, and even breakthrough in the development of your gifts and callings. Amen. Your words are powerful, more powerful than you realize. Let me show you that in the Word. Proverbs 18.21, New King James. I'm sure you've heard it before, but I'm not sure you have appreciated the gravity of this verse. Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat its fruit. I'm going to read it again. Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat its fruit. We have an Amplified up there also on the same slide if you just go to the next one. In the Amplified, it says, death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it and indulge it will eat its fruit and bear the consequences of their words, good or bad. Learn to train yourself, discipline yourself to speak only good things and godly things out of your mouth. Amen. Are your words bringing breakthrough in your life, or are they authorizing a break-in for the enemy to steal, kill, and destroy in your life? It's a tough question, but it's one that we have to ask ourselves from time to time. Declarations and decrees, and we're going to kind of major on that as we go forward. Now, as I've already mentioned, I taught on this back in August of last year, and I highly recommend you go back and listen to that podcast, and listen to this one, and use the other one as a sort of preamble for this one. Breakthrough has a sound. The reason I feel led of the Lord to expand on that teaching a bit is because I'm sensing in my spirit, and I also know in the natural, which I've already mentioned, there are many of us that are facing circumstances that seem absolutely impossible to overcome. We need breakthrough in our lives. Amen. Hallelujah. All right, so let's begin by showing you in the Word the oldest biblical reference where the words declare and decree are used. Job 22, 28. I'll be reading from the New King James. A little background. Job is being cajoled and, and instructed and 
reprimanded by his three buddies, and one of them is Eliphaz. And even though Eliphaz said a lot of nutty things that were wrong, he got this part right. Job twenty two twenty eight. Eliphaz says, I'll, I'll give you some more background. If you read the whole chapter, he says, you can get to the point, if you spend time in the presence of God and honor his word, you can get to the point where his words are your words, his thoughts are your thoughts, his ways are your ways. And when you get to that point, he says, then you will also declare a thing and it will be established for you. So light will shine on your ways. I like the way the Amplified says it. it says the light of God's favor will shine upon your ways. Amen. You can decree favor over your life and follow the light of favor wherever it leads you. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. So that's the first time you find the words declare and decree. Actually, uh, it doesn't say decree, but you get the picture. Psalm 2, verse 7 to 8, New King James Version. Here's the one that talks about the decree. Verse 7. I will declare the decree. The Lord has said to me, you are my son. Today I have begotten you. Ask of me and I will give you the nations for your inheritance and the ends of the earth for your possession. Amen. I love that. This is actually prophetically talking about when Jesus gets raised from the dead and secures for himself the nations as his inheritance. He sits at the right hand of God the Father. God says, now sit at my right hand until I make your enemies your footstool. Amen. And I'm giving you the nations for your inheritance because in your death, burial, resurrection, and ascension, you have earned it. Amen. Now, I like to couple that with Matthew 8, 16, 17. This is kind of a side issue, but I think we can go there, which says, if you are born of God, if you're a child of God, you're an heir and you're a joint heir with the Lord Jesus. Amen. So if he has an inheritance given to him by the Father and it is the nations, then we have the right to declare that a portion of that inheritance belongs to us. Amen. So what I'm praying is that our portion of our inheritance will come into this place in Jesus' name. We don't want the whole world. We don't want the whole city of Wilmington. We just want the ones that are designated and belong to us and are our inheritance. Amen? Hallelujah. And you can get there by decreeing, doing silly things like, Seats, I prophesy to you in the name of Jesus. Be filled. Be filled with worshipers. Be filled with people eager to hear the word. Be filled with people who will serve and use their gift for the glory of God in this house. Now, that may sound silly, but I've been doing it. All right, let's talk about some definitions. And this is kind of eye-opening. I want you to listen real careful. Definitions of declare and decree are pretty eye-opening. Declare means to make known formally, officially, explicitly. To put it out there. Make no mistake about it. To make known formally, officially, explicitly. The verb decree means to command, to ordain, or to establish. To command, to ordain, or to establish. 
The noun decree, this is the one I like. The noun decree means an authoritative order, especially one having the force of law, a judicial decision, or an order. Amen. It is an official statement that something must happen. It must happen. Now, we know throughout the centuries since the creation of man, kings and rulers have been given authority by God to make declarations and decrees. But you and I know that many of these kings have not issued righteous decrees or made righteous rulings. But that's a topic for another time, perhaps. Let me show you that in the Word. Proverbs 8, 15, New King James. God says, By me, kings reign, and rulers decree justice. God gave kings the right to declare and decree. They don't always use it right, but they have the right. You follow what I'm saying? Amen. Let me give you a Bible example, my favorite all-time Bible example. The Persian king Darius was tricked by Daniel's enemies into issuing a decree that landed Daniel in the lion's den. Isn't that right? But after he found out that the decree would be certain death for Daniel, a man he greatly loved, there was nothing King Darius could do because the king's decree had been issued and the law of the Medes and the Persians required that the decree must be carried out. It must happen that Daniel goes into the lion's den. He couldn't stop it. If he tried, his authority would be undermined. It probably would have cost him his life, if not the whole kingdom. So he was bound by his decree, whether he realized it was foolish or not. But I love, love, love what King Darius ultimately did to save his friend Daniel. And this is what I believe. This is what the Holy Spirit revealed to me. He issued another decree. He said to Daniel, as the stone rolled over the entrance to the den, Daniel, your God, the one you serve day and night, he will deliver you. Those were the last words Daniel heard before that stone closed him in there with the hungry lions. Now, whether King Darius was aware of it or not, I believe God heard that decree and immediately sent an angel to shut the mouth of the lions. Amen. Your God, whom you serve day and night, he will deliver you. He couldn't find a way around his initial decree, so he just issued another decree. Amen. That kept Daniel in the lion's den, but also kept him safe while he was in there. Amen. I love it, love it, love it. Well, you might say that declaration and decree stuff, that's for kings, and I'm certainly no king. Well, I beg to differ. The Bible says we've been called to be kings and priests unto God. Isn't that right? And the sooner we realize that and take it seriously, the sooner we'll start acting like kings and priests. Amen. Let me show you that in the Word, Revelation 1, 5, and 6. 
This is the first chapter in the book of Revelation. And John is talking about who has given him this information through the vision. And he's sort of introducing Jesus Christ. And so we pick it up there in verse 5 and it says, And from Jesus Christ, the faithful witness, the firstborn from the dead, and the ruler of the kings of the earth, to him who loved us and washed us from our sins in his own blood. Listen to this. And has made us kings and priests to his God and Father. To him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. I'm going to read it again. Jesus has made us kings and priests to his God and Father. To him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. Amen. Whether you realize it or not, if you're born again, you've been made a king and a priest. Amen. I'll share real quickly a vision that I had about this sanctuary right here. I can't remember where I was when I had the vision, but I remember it very clearly. It was probably about a year and a half ago. In fact, I preached a message called Kings in Darkness because of that vision. In the vision, I was uh, standing here in the sanctuary and I looked and the walls all around this facility were lined with thrones. There were high back chairs with huge armrests, ornately carved wooden, fancy, regal looking thrones with cushions and just like something you'd see in some castle in England. And these thrones were all the way around on the walls of this facility. And they had people sitting in the thrones and they had their arms on the armrest. The whole place was dark. I could see, but the whole place was dark. They couldn't see each other. They couldn't see that they were sitting on a king's throne. And I said, Lord, I think this one's pretty easy to figure out. They are kings, but they're in darkness, and they don't know it. So I immediately began to pray, Lord, help my people realize that they've been ordained as kings and priests to God. Amen. In this place. I think you guys are getting it. I mean, we couldn't have a, a breakout like we did this morning if people didn't see themselves as kings and priests. Amen. Unto God. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. So, kings and priests, let me begin with priests. As priests, we've been authorized by God to offer prayers, petitions, praise, worship, intercession before the Lord our God. We don't need a priest to do that for us anymore, amen? We don't. But as kings, we've been authorized to make declarations and issue decrees. As kings, we've been given authority by the king of kings, Jesus himself. Matthew 16, 16 through 19. We'll go through this real quickly. Jesus was having a discussion with his disciples, and the discussion uh, came to the point where uh, Jesus asked them, Well, who do men say that I am? And they answered by saying, Well, some say Elijah or one of the prophets. And, and then he just sort of pinned them down. He said, yeah, but who do you say I am? Who do you say I am? And so verse 16, we pick it up there. Simon Peter answered and said, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. Right answer. Ding, ding, ding. Survey says. 
Verse 17, Jesus answered and said to him, Blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. And I also say to you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades shall not prevail against it. And listen to this, and I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. And whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Anywhere you see keys in the Scripture, it's most often referring to authority. Amen? We've been given keys to open and shut. That's authority, to bind and loose, to allow or to forbid. Amen? Hallelujah. Amen? As kings, we can bind and loose As I said, we can allow or forbid certain things in the realm of the spirit, which will eventually change things in the realm of the natural. Amen. And as we do all this, we do it with the full weight of the government of the kingdom of heaven behind us. Amen. That's pretty heady, but we need to get a handle on that. It's not a lightweight thing. We need to rise and take our roles as priests and kings unto God. All right, also I want you to notice in this passage here in Matthew, uh, Jesus uses the word church for the very first time talking with his disciples. And they didn't freak out. They didn't say like, what's a church? Here's why. It turns out that the Greek word there for church is the word ekklesia. And it was a Greek word that was known to refer to a governing or a ruling body where men in the case of Greek society would meet, listen to this, and they would vote on matters of war and foreign policy. That's what ecclesia means. So as the church, as the body of Christ, we have been designated and ordained to be a ruling legislative body where we make declarations and decrees and they are secure, and they must come to pass. We've been authorized to do that. Amen. Amen. How many did not know that the word church came from that? Raise your hand. All right. A couple, three people. Yeah, amen. Hallelujah. So we are an ecclesia. We are a ruling body, and we are composed of priests and kings. In fact, everybody has a dual role of priest and king. And as priests and kings, uh, we can offer up powerful intercession to God concerning certain matters and then switch right over to our role as kings and begin to issue decrees concerning the matters that we just prayed for as we're led by the Spirit of God. Did everybody follow that? This is exactly how Jesus operated when he was on the earth. He went from one place of prayer to another communing often with his father, and in between, he released power for breakthrough by the sound of his voice. By the decrees that he made, people were saved, healed, delivered, and set free. This revolutionized the way I pray for the sick. Normally, I don't pray per se. I just start speaking to the condition or the problem. And that is, that's a declaration, that's a decree, whether you use the word I decree or not. You're making a declaration. 
Here's a sample. You can look them up later in your Bibles. Today, these are declarations issued by Jesus. Today, you will be with me in paradise. Stretch out your hand and be made whole. Take up your bed and walk. Lazarus, come forth. Do not weep. She's not dead. She's only sleeping. Daughter, I say, arise. Young man, I say to you, arise. Woman, you are loosed from your infirmity. And finally, peace, be still. Those were decrees. Those were declarations. And they were bound by the full weight of the government of the kingdom of God. And they came to pass. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. So what is the sound of breakthrough? Well, many times it can be the sound of your voice making declarations and issuing decrees that bring breakthrough in your life or in the lives of those around you who need it the most. Here's what I want to leave you with. If you're going to make declarations, if you're going to make decrees, you have to do them. You have to say them by faith. By faith. That means you have to believe that the words that you say will come to pass. Let me show you an excellent example of that in the Word. Mark 11, 22 and 24. I know I end up there a lot, but I keep seeing more things in that passage than I've been taught my whole life. And Jesus answering said unto them, Have faith in God. A little bit of background. Earlier, he had cursed a fig tree, and it dried up from the roots, and they were astonished when they saw it. And they were like, Master, Master, the tree is dried up from the roots. And he says, Have faith in God. For verily I say unto you that whosoever shall say unto this mountain, Be thou removed, and be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass, he shall have whatsoever he saith. What is that? Those are declarations. That's the essence of a declaration. Saying something and believing that it will come to pass. Therefore, Jesus says, Therefore I say unto you, What things soever you desire when you pray, believe that ye receive them, and you shall have them. So here we see, you may not have looked at it like this before, but we see a fusion of faith and prayer and declarations and decrees. You know, for a while there, it threw me that he's talking about prayer, but the guy's making decrees and declarations. I'm like, how do those two go together? Well, here's how I look at it. This passage, verse 22, 23, and 24, is talking about prayer. And if you look at it like a pyramid, I know you're not used to looking at Scripture that way. I'm just looking at the way these verses uh, stack up on top of one another. At the top, Jesus says, have faith in God. And it's very strongly implied and in his word. Because he said, cursed to the fig tree, and it was cursed. So he said, have faith in God. That's how it works. That's how these things work. 
So you have to begin prayer by faith. And then eventually, on a bedrock of prayer, which is verse 24, in verse 23, in the midst of that triangle, there will come out of your spirit declarations and decrees. So I believe this, Mark 11, 22, 23, and 24, are a picture of prayer, as I said, which begins with faith, rest on a bedrock of fervent prayer, and eventually involves making anointed, faith-filled declarations and decrees. Do you see that? You see, that's just awesome. I keep getting more things out of this verse that people think they've taught it every which way, upside and downside, but uh, the Lord keeps showing me new things. Amen. Hallelujah. So let me wrap this up by encouraging you as the people of God. To become the priest and kings that God has called you to be. Dive into God's word. Spend time in his presence. Let prophetic declarations and decrees come forth out of that time in the word and that time in prayer. Let's declare some things by faith over the impossible things in our lives and the lives of our loved ones. And watch breakthrough come forth as a result. Amen. Let's declare some impossible things over this church, over the church, over America, over the nations, and watch breakthrough come as a result. Remember, breakthrough has a sound, and every breakthrough was preceded by a sound. Amen? Amen. We hope you enjoyed Dr. Forrest's message, Breakthrough Has a Sound. If you are in the Wilmington area and are looking for a place to worship, come join us on Sunday at 10 a.m. for coffee and fellowship and 10.30 for worship and service. If you would like to learn more about us and hear more of Dr. Forrest's teachings, visit our website at gofaithlife.com. Also, visit and like our Facebook page at Faith Life Wilmington.